I'm T.D. Worthington, pastor of the Pathway Baptist Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and this is Pathlight, and we're so glad to have you tuned in to today's program. Indeed, we hope you will stay with us for the entire program today as we gather together around the Word of God. I'd like to take just a moment to thank everyone that has participated in the Go Mix share it is through your support, your financial support, through your contributions that we have been able to, uh, you know, to keep going and to grow over these years. And again, I want to thank you so much for being a part of the path uh, of the uh, Pathway family in the sense of being a part of Go Mix Christian Radio. We appreciate that so, so very much. Let me also mention to you, if I might, Christian Bible College, if you're interested in beginning or continuing your college level education so far as Bible college is concerned, Christian Bible college might be the answer for you. This is a home study course, a, uh, a correspondence course, if you will. And through this program, you can earn your bachelor's degree or, of course, your associate's degree, your two-year degree, or you can earn a master's and right on up to a Ph.D. level. Now, we've been doing this through Christian Bible College since 1980 under the leadership originally of Dr. Cecil Johnson. And now the work continues. And here again, if you'd like more information, I want you to check out the website, ChristianBibleCollege.org. Again, that once uh, once again that address ChristianBibleCollege.org, and we can give you full information there. There's a telephone number you can call if you'd like to to get more information on the ministry, the growing ministry, the outreach ministry of Christian Bible of Christian Bible College. Just before today's message, I've got a musical selection coming your way. And by the way, today's message is entitled The Bitter Cup of Victory. The Bitter Cup of Victory. And I hope you'll stay tuned for that, if you will, as we, uh, well, as we gather together around the Word, around the Word of God. Just before, though, today's message, I've got music by the uh, Gaither Vocal Band. This is an old standard hymn. I think you might remember that. and They do a great job on it. Hope you'll stay tuned for today's program.
Today we're discussing the bitter cup, the bitter cup of victory. And in a moment, we'll be taking a look in the Word of God in Luke chapter 9, verse number 23. Several years ago, I asked someone regarding where their family happened to go to church. And I was told they, well, they don't, didn't go to church anymore. I was informed that it was because of things said and done in the last church they attended. They, were, they had been hurt. They'd been hurt very deeply. So now their defense against being hurt again was, well, quite frankly, just to avoid church altogether. The sad thing is this family's philosophy of life was related to me by a student in our school who happened to be 10 years old. In other words, the lesson that 10-year-old child had learned on how to deal with hurt and pain, particularly in the church, was just simply never go back to church again. Friends, I understand you can be hurt, and you can be hurt very deeply. Believe me, I have experienced that, so I know what you're talking about. But in your interaction with other believers at your church, or maybe even within our ministry at Pathway, there's a good chance that somewhere along the line you are going to be disappointed and perhaps perhaps even hurt. I hope not, but I may be the one that causes that disappointment or hurt. I say again, I certainly hope not. But the point is that God does not want that to be the testimony that you teach your children. He does not want that to be the testimony that you carry around for the rest of your life. Rather, there are several lessons that I want to share you to, with you today to learn. And the first lesson I want to mention to you today is we need to learn to take up our cross in every way, and that includes in our relationship. Now, it's true you may have been hurt. I am certainly not going to deny that. But the point is I've been hurt also. And so as most everybody that's interacted with anybody at all, somewhere along the line, someone has hurt you. 
During such seasons of pain, it's important to remember that you are a disciple of one who was also betrayed, one who also was hurt, and you and I certainly are not better than our Lord. As a matter of fact, he acknowledged that in Luke 9, 23. And he said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. He acknowledges that I was persecuted, I was hurt, and you're going to be hurt also. They hated me. Sometimes they're going to hate you too. To follow Christ is to embrace the cross and to say with the Bible, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That, of course, is referring to Jesus, and you'll find that in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse number 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. We're not gluttons for punishment. God forbid that. We don't desire pain. No rational person would. We are followers of Christ, but to identify with Christ, we bring all of our heartache to him. We find meaning in our suffering, even in our betrayals, through our Lord Jesus Christ. In dealing with the experience of being hurt by others, to take up the cross is to stop being a victim and begin to be a victor through our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about what God might be teaching victims in Genesis chapter 50, where we read about Joseph. The Bible says in Genesis 50, 19 through 20, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. So that is the first step. Picking up that cross, that first step, acknowledging that God is in control, acknowledging that even through your pain, through your hurt, through your disappointment, indeed through your suffering, that God might be working things out. So the first step is picking up your cross. The second step is taking off your crown. Of all the doctrines of the Bible, none is more offensive to the flesh than the doctrine of God's sovereignty. I found this to be true in my life. It's the final act of submission to admit that I'm not in control. God is. That I'm too dumb and too self-centered to be in control. And so are you, by the way. In confessing this, you will find healing and you'll find a surrender to the will of God. Because you'll acknowledge, I'm, I, I'm not smart enough to be in control. I'm going to botch things up if I'm in control. You see, if you're in control, then picking up your cross has no real meaning. But if God is sovereign, then the one who gave you this cross is Christ himself. This cross was not given to you by your enemy, but by your friend. And, and, and once you come to grips with that, it's a real eye-opener to realize the cross that I'm called to bear was not given to me by an enemy. It might look that way on the surface, but it was allowed by God. This is a hard language, but it means that like Joseph and like Paul and Yes, even like our Lord himself, you see God himself sovereignly ruling in all of life to bring you to a point of crucifixion. But it is the very nature of crucifixion to be hurt and to destroy. That is the nature of the cross. The cross was designed to hurt. God intends to purge you, to refine you, and the cross is the vessel and perhaps even the only way to do it. Jesus was allowed to be crucified by his father. And it was his father, to his father, that he cried. Joseph escaped being a victim. 
and became a victor not because not because he didn't endure pain he did not because he didn't endure betrayal he he did not because others did not work against him because they did no but god joseph became a victor by naming god not as the author of the evil but as the one who would utilize that evil to work together for good. Paul was not bitter against the Jews. As a matter of fact, he would pray for them, saying that he would give his life for them even though they had betrayed him. He'd suffer and ultimately lose his life because of their condemnation against him. Why? Because God was in control of Paul's crucifixion. God, not man, is in control. I want to tell you something. I like to be in control. It's not easy for me to say, God, you're in control. You do what you want and whatever you want me to learn, I'll do my best to learn it. But this is the only way to stop focusing on your own pain, to stop focusing on those who want to hurt you. Jesus didn't focus on that. I must learn to focus on the loving God who led me, led me to my own to my own Calvary. Now we've taken note of two steps thus far. Step number one was take up your cross. Step number two is take off your crown. But it all comes together in the third step. And that third step is go to your Gethsemane. Take off your cross. Take, off, take up your cross. Take off your crown. And then go to your Gethsemane. Joseph came to learn that his brother's awful act of treachery was under the sovereign control of God and, and was, to, to, was a moment of faith in his own life. Gethsemane is the place where just like our Lord Jesus Christ and just like Paul and just like Joseph, you come face to face with your own crucifixion and with the fact that God is in control. Note carefully, if there's to be a resurrection, if there's to be a new life to emerge from the pain, if new life is to emerge from the betrayal and from the hurtful words, there must be a crucifixion. If there's to be a crucifixion by the Father and for the good of many, there then must be a Gethsemane moment when you say, not my will, but thine be done. That is a requirement. There won't be a resurrection without a crucifixion, and there's not going to be a crucifixion, uh, not a real one, not, not a God-serving one, without, without acknowledging that this crucifixion is allowed by the Father for the good of many. And there must be a Gethsemane where you say, I'm okay with that, Lord, if that's what you want. There must be a moment when you say, even when the shadow of pain is falling over you, perhaps even when the shadow of death is falling over you, when you might say, they meant this for evil, but God for, can use it for good. My enemy, and that may be the devil, or it may be some person, or it may be some situation, has meant this for evil, but God means this for good. This Gethsemane, your Gethsemane, if you will, the moment when you respond to the pain you have received from others is the turning point. It is the turning point when either you will walk away, you'll go forward as a walking wounded, destined to carry the burden for years to come, or you'll accept the trial as coming from God, as being allowed by God, and open up your life to Him. 
That's what you do at Gethsemane. If you take up your cross, take off your crown, your response of faith will lead you to a total trust in the Lord and His will for your life. It will lead you to total forgiveness of others, and you'll release them unto the Lord, and you'll release them for His will to be accomplished in their lives. You'll release them that God might take care of them, whether, whether He sends punishment or chastisement their way, or whether He ultimately uses this to bring conviction to them that might even lead to their salvation. But the good thing is, not only will it release them into God's hands, but it will also bring total freedom to you. And then His wonderful grace can be unleashed for you and for them. From time to time, we're all going to be hurt. We're all like a bunch of recovering sinners living with each other, trying not to step on each other's toes, and we're inevitably going to do it sooner or later. Like any family... We, as a part of the family of God, we're going to say things that hurt. We're going to make mistakes that hurt others and sometimes ourselves. We live in a world that has fallen and where we're always being victimized by someone or something. But the Lord is calling us to identify our sufferings with Christ so that we're becoming more like Him through everything that is against us, that I'm becoming more conformed to the image of Christ through every adversity, every hardship, every difficulty that I face. I've stood at this crossroads before, just like you. The betrayal and the crucifixion came. And it hurt. I'm not going to tell you that it didn't. It hurt very deeply. But thankfully, by then, I had learned to pick up my cross. I knew I had to release and forgive those who were leading me to this cross. I had to forgive the one that brought the hammer, the one that brought the nails, the, 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 the one that, that gambled over my misfortune. And I had to forgive those that cried out, crucify him, crucify him, because I've never heard those exact words, but I have heard some very similar. Thank God that through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and the things I had been studying, I understood there could be no resurrection from the pain I was facing without a submission at Gethsemane. Without, without Gethsemane, there could be no new life. There was only a grave. Without Gethsemane, there was only a grave. So if that is your story, I just want you to know it doesn't have to end that way. There is always a Gethsemane moment available for you. One writer put it this way, Love ordains every struggle to strengthen us. Love lights every furnace to purify us. And love mingles every bitter cup to heal us. I've never known... God's love more than when I took up the cross, took off the crown, and ventured to my own Gethsemane. If you've been hurt, it will not take years of counseling for you to get over it. I want you to understand that. I'm not against counseling. I have counseled others in their pain, and thank God for good counselors, but I'm just telling you right now, if you've been hurt, 
It will not take years of counseling for you to get over it. It only takes one moment of saying, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection in my life. I want to take up my cross. I'm willing to take off my crown, my crown of authority in my own life. And I'm willing to follow him, to claim him as the sovereign king, even in my pain, even in my suffering, even in my betrayals. That pain can be washed away as fresh sunshine begins to beam down upon your face. Those tears can be wiped away by the gracious, gracious love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He will put his big arms around you and he will love you as you now experience a resurrection to newness of life. Today on our program, we're talking about the bitter cup of victory because victory is a bitter cup like the one that Christ would consume at Gethsemane. Not my will be done, but thine, as he picked up that cup and drank it, and it was indeed bitter. I've often thought about that cup as Jesus looked in that cup, and it, he saw within that the bitter cesspool of human sin, including mine. My sin was in that cup, and Jesus Christ took it up. And I'm just letting you know, just as surely as Jesus was crucified, as he was willingly crucified in his Gethsemane moment when he said, not my will but thine be done, I'm willing to endure the shame and suffering, even the suffering of the cross. Father, if it, if it serves your will and serves the kingdom. If you're willing today in your Gethsemane moment to acknowledge that you want to know the power of the resurrection in your life, and even though you've suffered, even though you've been hurt, even though you've been betrayed, that you want to surrender that to God. He can turn that death into life, and the pain can indeed be washed away. God can do this for you. He can transform you who've been hurt, wounded, abandoned, sinned against, those who've been betrayed, he can remove you from being a victim to becoming a victor by trusting the one who, who, who was hurt, the one who was wounded, the one who was abandoned, sinned against, betrayed, but who himself, even after all that, pronounced forgiveness from the cross. Jesus Christ has transformed the cross from an instrument of destruction to an instrument of salvation, ordained by God. In Him, in Christ, God's children do not have to be victims anymore. We can be victors. We can be overcomers. How, how many are willing to believe that although others may have meant what happened to you for harm, God can use it for good? How many of you today are willing to acknowledge that what you've gone through, that indeed someone may have wanted to hurt you, they may have meant that for evil against you, but even yet God can use it for good in your life. So the message is what? Pick up your cross. The Lord acknowledges pick up your cross daily. 
Take off your crown. I'm not referring here to the crown of thorns. I'm referring here to the crown of sovereignty of your own life, the rulership of your own life. Acknowledge, I'm not not desiring to be in control here. I want God to be in control. It's not my will to be done. It's God's will to be done. How many are willing today to take off your crown and then surrender to the will of God at your own personal Gethsemane? Drink from the bitter cup of victory. Now, if all that sounds like defeat to you, then you've missed the whole point. You say, Pastor, what you're saying, it sounds like defeat. Sounds like someone hurt me and I'm going to forgive them and I'm going to just try to pick up life and go on as if it never happened. And that sounds like defeat to me. That, that, That just doesn't sound good. No, it's not defeat. Because as in these things, you will find victory. Do you, do you suppose there are those? I'm sure there were in the day of Christ that looked at him on the cross and when he finally gave up the ghost, do you suppose the, the, the Pharisees and the religious leaders and maybe the Romans says, well, that takes care of that. Your king has been defeated. <laughs> the one that you said might be God, look at him, he's dead. They saw defeat. But you and I know today, we look back at that moment and we realize that was victory. The devil was defeated at Calvary. It wasn't his day of victory. It was his day of defeat. Well, with that, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's Pathlight programs. If our programs are a blessing to you, we would enjoy hearing hearing from you. The title of today's message has been The Bitter Cup of Victory, encouraging those of us who have been hurt, who have been betrayed, who have been sinned against, for that matter, to apply the principles of the Word of God, to pick up that cross, to go through our moment of Gethsemane and seek God's will to be done and not our own, to turn it over to the Lord, because only in so doing can we experience the victory of a new life that God has for us. Well, until next time, this is T.D. Worthington saying, may God richly bless you is my prayer. I pray God might bless you and yours tremendously over this coming week.